As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you here on this Wednesday morning. And let's bring him right in. He hosts the Wide World Wine Garden podcast for us here at VSIN. And uh, of course, you, uh, you all know him. He's Jason Weingarten with us right now. And Jason, looking good this morning and first time in the new year, and uh, we have a whole bunch of fun things to get to get to today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course, always fun. Of course, let's uh, dive right into the coach of the year uh, because uh, about three weeks ago, you had, a, you, had a, you had a fun little diatribe on why Zach Taylor deserved to win the award and why Bill Belichick didn't. And in the end here, uh, Jason, you're, you're, you're pretty well vindicated here as we're heading into week 18 and Zach Taylor is sitting as the co-favorite at bet MGM with Matt LaFleur at plus 160, uh, Vrabel right now at plus 350, the third short shot, and then Belichick and everyone else 30 to long or longer. Uh, how are you feeling right now about your Taylor ticket? And is there anyone that's a long shot right now that you would say could even be worth a potential shot also? I think I think we're really looking at the top three guys here. Every everybody outside of ten to one is really drawing dead, with the exception of the Raiders head coach, Rich Bisaccia. Am I saying his last name yes. right? Uh taking them to the playoffs, winning on Sunday night would potentially get him a second look. And uh, you know, considering I had the Raiders projected to win about seven games and they won late versus the Browns, they upset the the Colts. Uh, beating the Chargers here would make me think twice about not having a Basaccia t- ticket at fifty to one. But really focusing on the top three guys, the main contenders, I think Taylor has done as much as he possibly can as a coach can do to win the award. Uh, the, the, the sweep of the Ravens and the Steelers coming back and beating the chiefs to clinch a division title. You know, I think that's, that's enough. Um, everybody has a good case, the, uh, the contenders, but, uh, Taylor with, uh, with help from burrow and, uh, Jamar chase obviously has, uh, really just pushed across the finish line ahead of everybody else. I think. Taylor, of course, right now plus one hundred and sixty, and and Jason, the the only concern that I would have is how much of the voting base is going to say this was coaching or this was Joe Burrow just being magnificent. That would be the only hesitation I would have personally on Taylor. Well, Joe Burrow didn't go out there and call the plays himself. It's true. You know, that's 
<clears throat> that's the the thing to keep in mind. And the expectations at the beginning of the season for the Bengals were not particularly high. They were not looked at as a playoff team. The Titans were looked at as a playoff team. The Packers are looked at as a playoff team. And my thing with the Packers is even when you give you know, you give them credit for playing through all the injuries they have. Everybody plays through injuries in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers is the reason that team wins 13 games every year, not Matt, Matt LaFleur. You know, any any coach could have come in that situation with Aaron Rodgers and, and gone to the playoffs three straight years. Look, I, I, I would, right now, if I were voting Vrabel, and T- Vrabel Taylor, and in all honesty, Nick Sirianni sitting there at 40 to 1 would be my top three right now. Uh, I, I agree with you, though, Sirianni drawing dead like I don't hate Sirianni either I have a ticket on him too so you know you won't hear me say anything bad about him I just think at the end you're you're looking at guys who won the division and and outplayed their expectations and I think the Bengals outplayed their expectations the most yeah no no that that I 100% agree with you uh the the expectations for Philly of course they didn't win the division but that was a team that I thought was going to be under their six and a half win total and they're in the playoffs with to to me, at least an average quarterback at best, and and they're sitting there forty to one. So maybe 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 the voters surprise us a little bit on that one. But Zach Taylor, of course, the story on this, Jason, and uh, I want to move over to MVP real quick because it looked like Rodgers was going to be a shoe in here, and then yesterday on a, a on a on six seventy in Chicago, a voter Hub Arkish goes on the air and basically t- t- tells them. Uh, I can't vote for him. I'm not voting for him. I'm not voting for someone that is, quote, quote, the biggest jerk in the league, and he punished his team and the organization and the fan base uh, the way he did and be the most valuable player. I don't know how you can vote for him. So we talked about this a little bit when the COVID positive test came down uh, the week of the Kansas City game, that this would be a little bit of a concern if Rodgers overtook Brady as a potential MVP candidate. Is there any thought now that – there, it's more than just one rogue voter here thinking this, Jason. Yeah, um, Arkesh says he he's not the only one that he knows that is thinking that way. So that was that was interesting. <clears throat> I found uh, I find that you don't you don't get a lot of information out of voters like that, honestly, um, especially late in the season. So it was interesting to see. But so far, as far as I could tell, no sports books have reacted to any of that news. So it makes me think that, that they don't care particularly, or they don't think it's enough of, of a voting block. That's going to change anything. Uh, me particularly, um, I'm a little bit on the fence, especially cause I have Cooper cup at 200 to one. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to find ways to, to shoehorn Cooper cup into the MVP. And I, I don't understand why Jonathan Taylor's 14 to one and cup is 40 to one. I think if anything, they should be an equal number, uh, or cup, uh, cup ahead of uh, cup, cup ahead of Taylor. But it, it's hard because even when you, you break down Rogers numbers, um, he leads the league in touchdown percent. He leads the league in interception percent. He's led the league in intercept interception percent for, for several years in a row now. He is the MVP, whether you like him or not, or what you think of him or his comments on COVID or anything, or kind of irrelevant to his performance on the field where he is the best quarterback, you know, in the NFL at the moment. So I think the AP voters will see it. And in the end, there's 50 voters. Mm-hmm. I think likely, even if you have a block of five or 10 breakaway voters, you're still going to have Aaron Rodgers as the winner. I, I personally would love Cooper cup to win, but 
I think we're going to need Rodgers to Rodgers is going to come have to come out and be an extra big jerk this week to to really uh you know stir the pot some more. Anything anything on Burrow potentially? I know the numbers obviously gone from what you could have had 2 weeks ago, but the the way that coach of the year has seemingly been being decided with a, a a hot streak at the end of the year and a division winning performance is there any credence to thinking that burrow is somewhat live here now burrow is definitely live especially when you look at the numbers through 17 weeks he's the number two quarterback um and a lot of a lot of different rating systems he's he's number two behind aaron Rodgers, not tom brady so seeing him out there at 12 to 1 still is a little interesting i don't necessarily see him pushing ahead of aaron Rodgers, particularly because i don't think anything that happens week 18 is particularly important for MVP betting. You know, the, the division's already been, been decided for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers will likely play a series or a, a quarter and retire to the bench and rest his foot. The, the, you know, Joe Burrow and the Bengals already won the division. Doesn't really matter what happens week 18, although there is some seeding stuff. But uh, really, your numbers are already your numbers, and Rodgers has done enough to win the award in my eyes, unfortunately, as much as I want someone else to win it. Jason, I want to move to what could be comical and to some upsetting this Week 18 scenario in the the, uh, the AFC where if the Indianapolis Colts lose to Jacksonville, of course, unlikely, 15.5-point favorites, the Steelers beat Baltimore, also not expected right now. Ravens five and a half point favorites at home against Pittsburgh. And then that would lead us to Sunday night where if those first two things happen. If the Raiders and the Chargers played to a tie, both Vegas and LA would make the postseason over the Steelers. Now, Jason, we were talking about this going into this segment, just the potential betting ramifications from the results happening that we just outlined there could be some very, very upset book, uh, bookmakers and uh, and shops out there after this. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Are, are you sure that the Steelers Ravens game needs to to fall a certain way for this scenario to happen? I was yeah. under the impression that it was just the uh, the the first game, the the Jaguars winning. No, uh, there, there would be a need a win uh, need to be a win for uh, for Pittsburgh. They would if Pittsburgh loses then then uh, it would come down to, uh, yeah, the Chargers would have to win to still get in the postseason if that was the case. Okay, so the tie would, okay. So two things have to happen, and one of them being the Jaguars winning, which which is, you know, I said yesterday, if uh, if the Jaguars win, if they do this one thing for me, I'll forgive everything they've, you know, every game they've lost me over the last 10 years, and it's, it's been a lot, but just the possibility of this is exciting, and if the chips do fall a certain way, I have a plane ticket on standby to fly out to the uh, the Raiders game on Sunday night to be there because there's nothing in my mind potentially more exciting than watching two teams kneel the ball <laughs> for 60 minutes straight. I would I would have to be there to see it. I would be super excited. Um, as far as betting goes, I know at FanDuel, for example, you could parlay every quarter scoreless and the Jaguars money line. And it pays like, I don't even know, 4,000 to one or something, (laughs) something insane. People were tweeting me pictures. I, I wasn't able to bet it. I was, I was very jealous of them, but uh, there's all sorts of ways you can 
make lotto ticket bets on this happening uh, using a seven to one Jaguars money line uh, with an under or an alt under in the chargers game. Or if you have access to a tie prop at these legal books, you could parlay a tie prop with the seven to one uh, people on Twitter have been sending me tickets of, of their various lotto tickets. And a lot of times they're 20 bucks or 50 bucks, but they're all paying out 10, 20, 40, 50,000. And that adds up. I'm, I mean, obviously there's a very small chance of this actually happening, but but if the Jaguars do win, and this is the NFL where anybody could win, and don't forget the Jaguars did beat the Bills uh, nine to six earlier this season. The Bills are a playoff team, so you know you can win in the NFL any weekend. If this does happen, there's going to be a huge liability uh, kind of getting ready. J- Jason, we got to run. Thanks for being with us today. Morning. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll also be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread of bets. Betting splits. Another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check it out today. Betting splits available for every game at VEASAN.com. It is a numbers game here on VEASAN. I'm Jeff Barlson for Gil Alexander. For the rest of the week, I just want to bring this up real quick before we dive into the week 18 card in the National Football League. Kansas State handled LSU last night in the Texas Bowl 42 to 20. They covered with ease. They covered all numbers. But I just want to bring up the last sequence where LSU was already at this point down 14 or down 42-14. And Kansas State is just trying to run the clock out here. Get, get out of there. No more. Let's just end the game. Make sure no one gets hurt. And LSU's burning their timeouts to force Kansas State to make the to, to punted 42-14 game with under a minute and a half to go. LSU gets the ball back with 40 seconds. They run the ball twice and then take a, one last chance on a third and four from the 19-yard line, and Kirkland hits an 81-yard touchdown pass to Chris Hilton Jr. to make it 42-20. to Now, 
not only from a betting implication, pre-flop-wise, it didn't impact the spread or the total, but second-half total went over because of that play. The LSU team total late was 17-and-a-half. It went down through the day because of the absences for for LSU. Those numbers end up not getting home. But the one that's the most fascinating to me and the funniest on the board, LSU's team total for the biggest bulk of time is 20 and a half. LSU scores the touchdown. If you had the under, you're thinking, oh, no, how do we possibly lose this one? They don't kick the extra point. So LSU team total 20 and a half backers under, you survive. But, boy, you could have had one of the all-time beats, period, on a team total happen in that, but you survived because of a technicality. <laughs> bull season. You, you come up with the most interesting things that happen in bull season, uh, especially this year. But LSU, of course, uh, didn't have a scholarship quarterback playing in this game. K-State basically had no opt-outs, and it was around Kansas State 42-20, to 20, covering and the game going over with ease for Kansas State. All right, let's get into week number 18 in the NFL. And it is a tough card, of course, if you're just joining us and missed it. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, have some COVID issues, which include Joe Mixon now, who tested positive earlier today. Uh, not within the five-day window, so he is out because Wednesday knocks you out for a Sunday game. So we haven't seen that line really adjust yet. Still two and a half three even in in the market most places. Uh, So we'll see if that moves uh, off of the COVID issues for Cincinnati over the next few hours. But just looking at this card, and it's a little bit different after seeing guessing lines on Monday and now knowing what teams' particular scenarios are and how teams are going to play this uh, with the case of the Philadelphia Eagles. They were already in, but you thought, all right, they're probably going to play this straight up. They've had COVID issues all week's. All this week went from three to seven. But just looking at this board early, the one, the few games that stand out are teams that need the game for potential seeding. And we'll start on Saturday. And it's the first game with Kansas City at Denver. The Denver Broncos, of course, out of it. It looks like Drew Locke is going to start again for Denver. KC was a nine and a half point favorite yesterday. Now it's 10 across the board. Kansas City needs this game in order to stay alive for the number one seed in the AFC. If they win and Tennessee loses, the Kansas City Chiefs would be the one seed for the third time in four years in the AFC. I anticipate that Denver is going to, look, you can't always tell it's the National Football League. You know, crazy things happen on a weekly basis. But Kansas City going full-blown here against a Denver team that last week got pummeled by the Chargers. I know they had COVID issues in that game. Or with a backup quarterback who has not looked good in the two starts he's had in the lock. And a team that Patrick Mahomes just owns. Kansas City has covered every single game that Patrick Mahomes has started against Denver in his career. Of course, also Patrick Mahomes' first career start happened a mile high against the Broncos, a game that was won in week 17 of his rookie season. So Kansas City laying the lumber on the road, a 10-point favorite. 
That's something I am going to be looking to play. I also probably be looking at first half as well. The one thing that we talked about a little bit yesterday with Kansas City, Kansas City in the first half and early in games when they've been on that 15 to 20 play game script that Andy Reid goes into the game with, they've looked phenomenal the last six, seven weeks. Only to slow down as the game has gone along. So that's something to look at as well for Kansas City. Maybe a little first half play. Curious to see how high that number is juiced up in that one. Looking at the rest of the card, though, uh, looking at Indianapolis and Jacksonville, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to have a play on this game. Indy has not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Obviously, these circumstances are completely different than they've been in the past. Indy wins, they're in. If they lose, they'll need some help. Indy's up to a 16-point favorite. Jacksonville, of course, uh, coming off uh, the competitive 50-10 to 10 loss to New England. They have just, they have managed to get worse since Urban Meyer got canned, which is quite honestly, might be the most impressive accomplishment any team has had all year. But just looking at this from Indy's perspective, now, as much as I would love that scenario that we talked about with Jason Weingarten to happen, where Jacksonville wins, Pittsburgh wins, and then all the Raiders and Chargers need is to tie in order for both teams to get into the playoffs. And look, you would imagine that uh, that scenario is on its way to happening, that uh, there would be a call from uh, Manhattan to both the uh, organizations here in Vegas. Uh, guys, you got to play this straight up. You can't go out there and kneel, uh, kneel the ball for 60 uh, minutes. Uh, on on Sunday Night Football in Game 272. But for Indy here, it it just, I know they lost last year week one, and it was Jacksonville's only win. You cannot lose this game, period. 16 may be a little heavy, but in the end, I I just, as much as I would love to see that scenario play out, I don't see a real chance of Indy blowing this game outright to Jacksonville. You get plus 750 on the money line right now on the Jags. Meanwhile, the other team in that scenario, I do like Pittsburgh to cover the five and a half against Baltimore. I understand that the Ravens, even with Huntley, have looked well. I think there's a little bit of an assumption that Lamar is going to play. If Lamar's not 100%, there's really no difference between a compromised Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley at this point. Tyler Huntley's played pretty darn well in this stretch when he's been asked to play because of Lamar's injuries. Baltimore is just too beat up in the end to win these games against good teams. Now, I don't consider Pittsburgh a particularly good team, but even though I know it's narrative-y, Pittsburgh getting five and a half, a team they have already beaten this year, a division rival. Tomlin on the road, obviously, has been great throughout his career, covering numbers, especially nearly a touchdown. I like Pittsburgh. That's going to be my favorite play this week, the Steelers getting the five and a half against Baltimore. Sure, it may end up being a public play in the end, but this feels like a one-score game. I also like this game under the 42 as well. Neither of these offenses are really going to be able to move the ball. So under and five and a half, taking a five and a half with Pittsburgh. And then teaser-wise, you have some reasonable options here. You can put the Bears up to eight and a half. Minnesota plays all their games with a one score anyway. We don't know who's playing quarterback yet for the Vikings. Uh, Danny Burke brought this up on the show yesterday. I agree with Danny. They're a great teaser leg. I also like Tampa as well. 
down to two. Sure seems like Tampa's going to play their guys, at least with an opportunity to get uh, get all the way up and clinch that two seed. Down to two against Carolina, who looks like a totally dead team. That's probably your teaser of the week. We'll, we'll reevaluate as the week goes along. But Bears and Bucks, the two Bs, seem to be a pretty good teaser for week 18 in the National Football League. Again, tough to handicap especially with not knowing the motivation of some of these teams that are way out of it or teams that have already clinched and are only really jockeying for seeding, except for the Tennessee Titans, who we know need the game to get the number one seed, the team that needs it the most of anyone in the National Football League, that extra week for Derrick Henry of the utmost importance. We're going behind the counter next. Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart. We'll ask him his thoughts on how the books usually handle a week 17, week 18 scenario. That's next. Here on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make the this year, 2022, your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. And now with us, he is the sportsbook and racebook director up at the Rampart in Summerlin here in Las Vegas. Dwayne Colucci with us right now. Dwayne, thanks for being with me this morning. And uh, let's just dive right in. Week 18 National Football League. It's kind of like the old Week 17 where you don't really know exactly where the motivation is going to be for some of these teams that have clinched playoff berths or teams that are extremely out of it. How do you usually handle this week of the National Football League behind the counter? Well, Jeff, it's always a difficult week. And, uh, you know, now it's Week 18, like you just said, as opposed to Week 17. So we had an uh, added week tacked on this year and uh, definitely from a handle perspective we love that as bookmakers but this is always a difficult week Jeff you know you don't know who's going to play who's going to take the game seriously you do know certain teams definitely a team like Tennessee is looking you know to get that extra bye week with Derrick Henry on the verge of coming back he's just such a key player and a key asset for that team so you know that they're definitely looking for a victory but uh, you know you, you look at some of these other teams and you just don't know. You know, Baker Mayfield, he opted for surgery. He may be done in Cleveland. And, you know, Green Bay is pretty much solidified. You don't know how much and how valuable they feel this game is going to be. Tampa Bay, you know they want the two seed. So as bookmakers, you definitely have to watch. And now with the COVID factors and the variants and all that going on, guys are dropping like flies. I mean, in the month of December, there were over 400 positives in one week uh, or 
book, you know, one month, I should say. And, you know, that's just massive, Jeff. You have to definitely keep your eye as a bookmaker on all these happenings. And this year it's unique because you have a lot of teams that are vying for playoff and uh, wild card implications. So handling it as a bookmaker, we have to be sharp. We definitely have to watch all the injury reports. I always stress also, you know, in this day and age, social media is a very powerful tool. Watch those beat writers. Watch the guys that are around the team. You'll definitely get a feel for injuries and COVID happenings and who's going to play and who's not. So we have to, you know, wrap that all up and try and put out the best product that we could put out without getting hurt on my side of the counter. Dwayne, futures-wise, of course, people are going to start looking – uh, even though they've been looking all year, but really start looking again at conference odds, Super Bowl odds, as we really are down to realistically 16 teams that could be in the 14-team field in the National Football League. Are, are there teams that people are coming up to the window and really betting you guys right now? Well, yeah, definitely, Jeff. You know, a team like New England was a team that flew under the radar for a lot of the season. But then, you know, as Mac Jones started to mature and they got hotter and hotter, we had them at, uh, you know, pretty big odds and we started to see some handle. You're always going to see handle on the Las Vegas Raiders now because they are the Las Vegas Raiders. So even with them, you know, not solidifying a playoff position, they have a chance and you're going to see some people take some chances on this hometown team. Tom Brady is always a favorite. You know that, Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. They're in good position, although they have injuries. The Antonio Brown parody, you know, all that going on. Godwin is gone now, so we have to keep our eye on that. Green Bay and Dallas are always monster handle teams, especially the Dallas Cowboys, when they have such a good product and a good team, which I won't say it's overwhelming this year, but it's been much better than in years prior. We see a lot of handle on a team like the Dallas Cowboys. And naturally, the Chiefs and Mahomes, they were the favorite. And they're going to be, you know, up there for quite a while as long as this man stays healthy. And, uh, you know, the team continues to perform the way they have over the past three, four seasons. So, yes, uh, we definitely have to revisit those odds. We readjust. We watch the handle come in. But definitely new teams like the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, Tennessee and New England at a long price. Not that they're a new face, but at a substantial odds jump. Uh, yeah, we have to be concise and definitely make adjustments and keep our eye on all of the happenings. Dwayne, is there, has there been a lot of action on the Titans now in this last week because – they look like they were going to be a team without a bye, possibly no Derrick Henry in that wild card weekend, but now controlling their own destiny to the number one seed. And, of course, an extra week probably would, would obviously escalate the chances that we see Derrick Henry back and healthy for them. Well, definitely the turning point there, uh, Jeff, was definitely that San Francisco game where mm -hmm. you start to see them get their offense back in stride. A.J. Brown was so important to get back healthy, and, you know, with him healthy, that definitely adds. And once you bring Henry back, we know he's like a bowling ball. So you're going to see some heightened handle on this team to win the AFC and the Super Bowl as they increase their chances of getting that bye week. And, yes, San Francisco, that game was the key where – the we started to see some more handle on Tennessee. They're well coached. They look very good right now. And if they could get him back, it's going to be a major factor down the stretch. We know how good this guy is. Dwayne Colucci with us right now here on a numbers game. Of course, the Rampart race and sports book director up in Summerlin on the tweets at NY bookie Dwayne. Dwayne, I want to, I want to shift over to Monday 
college football playoff championship game in Indianapolis, Georgia and Alabama. Georgia currently a three-point favorite at your shop. And, Dwayne, we already saw this once where Alabama was an underdog. Obviously, they won outright in the SEC championship game. And really, there was a peak to that. Six and a half was really the peak that we saw on that. Do you think we're going to see this go up to three and a half? Or do you think we're just going to stay put? Is this going to be two-way a two-way street here, and Georgia stays three most of the way till kick. Yeah, Jeff, well, we opened it at two and a half, right. and I was surprised that it went right up to that uh, click of three. I think that three is a key number, and it is the right number right now. I imagine we will start to see some Alabama takers, so I think it will go back and forth from two and a half and three. I really, as a bookmaker, don't want to go to three and a half unless the money really starts to pour in on Georgia. Uh, you know, if you compare the two games, I guess Georgia did look better uh, against the common opponent, against Michigan. But don't sell Alabama short. They already beat this team. It's Nick Saban. You know, uh, it's just such a great, great matchup. I think a lot of people wanted to see this SEC rematch. We have a total of 52 at the Rampart and South Point. I think the money from here on out may slightly favor Alabama, but not enough to get to where they're going to be a favorite or anything. You know, that would just be a massive, massive move, and the public knows that. So I think it could go back down to two and a half, Jeff. I I think we're in the right range. I don't think it's going to supersede three because getting off that key number of three, it's an important number, especially in a national title game and a rematch of two SEC powerhouses. And this is definitely what we wanted from a handle perspective. I think the public wanted this game and uh, both teams look really good. I got to say when they dominated their opponents in the playoff, the final four playoff. So, uh, you know, a very tough game to handy cap and I'm enjoying watching how it's being bet from my side of the counter. I think it's the matchup. Like I said, we all want it and we're going to see how it plays out. Alabama and Georgia. What a great matchup. He's Dwayne Colucci. You can get him on the tweets at NY bookie. Dwayne, you can go up to the Rampart casino in Summerlin and say hello. Dwayne, Dwayne's a nice guy. He'll, he'll say hello right back to you. So, <laughs> uh, you can go uh, see him up there. And of course, uh, Rampart in the uh, same, uh, in the gone gaming family, of sportsbooks. Dwayne, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh, well, talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Jeff and I'll see you on Sunday. Appreciate it always. Thanks for uh, being on with us this morning, Dwayne, of course, Dwayne Colucci, the race and sportsbook director up at the rampart. Uh, just uh, one, one quick thing, NFL wise again here, uh, some COVID activations. Kirk cousins is activated from the COVID list. So, We've started to see that number tick up again for Minnesota and Chicago. So that might be out of Stanford long teaser range pretty quickly here. Uh, now two and a half minus 120 is the consensus on Minnesota. The, uh, some other activations as well. Quinnen Williams activated for the New York Jets. That number had already ticked down to 16 and a half. And we're now seeing a 16 on that game at a few shops as well. So uh, monitoring the COVID news as always, and uh, we'll see how it plays out in a week 18 where, again, about half the league has something to play for. Half the league has nothing to play for in this final extra week that we're going to have to get used to, say, in week 18 in the National Football League. Coming up next, though, here on a Numbers Game, Michael Lombardi. We'll have questions from Michael Lombardi about quarterbacking situations, 
some coaches that could be on the hot seat and how you handle a week where you're only playing for seeding in the National Football League. Michael Lombardi with us next here on a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer, You'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. And BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. So download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use bonus code VSIN200, that's VSIN200, to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire within seven days of issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. And now with us, of course, he hosts the show right after us, the Lombardi Line, which you'll hear at noon Eastern time. And he also has the GM Shuffle podcast, and the book is Gridiron Genius. Michael Lombardi with us right now. Michael, good morning. Thank you for being with me today. Good morning, Jeff. Hope all is well. All, all is all is good on this end. And Michael, we we dive into this week eighteen, and and the first oh thing that I that I look at is obviously an extra week. It's the final week. You have teams that are jockeying for seeding. You have teams that obviously are playing for one seeds. But if you're a team like Cincinnati where you're really only playing for a three or four, and you have this COVID issues going on right now, mixing, testing positive this morning. Do you really go out there and try to play a regular game here, or do you just sit your guys and get ready, you knowing you have a home playoff game next week? Well, I mean, you're, you're sitting there saying, okay, do I play? You know, who do I want to play, right? You're at the three seed, and you're thinking, okay, I'll play – you know, who will I play if at the three seed? I'll play Indianapolis. Do I want them or would I rather be the four seed and maybe play New England? I don't know. I mean, there's so many variables in the air, but I think you have to do what's in the best interest of your team. You know you're going to have a home playoff game. 
I think this, Jeff, I think the one thing when you examine the 14 teams that are technically in right now, not all of them are in. Mm -hmm. I think anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. And I think the beautiful thing about single elimination tournaments are you don't have to play, you don't have to be the best team. You just have to play the best that day. And I think the way to play the best is to make sure you have your complete team with you. So, I mean, Cincinnati losing a couple offensive linemen to me makes it dangerous to go out there. Now, you know, you're getting Case Keenum against you, so maybe that helps you a little bit. But I do think health and being uh, precaution in terms of making sure you're healthy for the next game is the most important thing on your, on your slate. You bring up Cleveland, obviously the opponent for Cincinnati. Uh, Baker Mayfield's not going to play, getting the shoulder surgery immediately. There was always the foregone conclusion that Baker's definitely going to be back next year. But, but Michael, this has been a really rough go for Baker these last few weeks, almost yeah. to the point where can they even bring him back for next year with that fifth-year option? Well, well, they can bring him back. I mean, he's a chip in their arsenal, right? He is right. a chip in their capital. I mean, he's no different than having money in the bank. Now, how much money you think he's worth, that's, that's, the, that's where the debate lies. And can you use him to get yourself a better player? Do you actually admit you need a better player? I mean, this is an organization that was all in on him. I mean, you know, now John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson made this pick, but, you know, they chose this player over some really good Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and others, you know. And so they made that pick. And and they, they kind of felt good about it. Now we've got to see. Now what can they turn this into? The one thing I think this season has lent us to believe in is the fact that you, he's not going to get the $40 million extension from anyone. But until you, until you have someone who can actually replace him, how do you get rid of him? And his number next year is rather modest. It's the same mm -hmm. thing with Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan is very modest salary in terms of his cap, his, his base salary for the Falcons for the next two seasons. His cap number's enormous because of the bonuses. But if another team were to take him on, he would be relatively cheap based on the market value of quarterbacks. But then the question becomes, who plays quarterback for the Falcons? Felipe Franks? Josh Rosen? I mean, seriously, who's going to play there? Not, that's really the issue. Uh, if it were Felipe Franks or uh, Josh Rosen, it wouldn't end well, Michael. Wouldn't end well. We already saw that. No. For, well, uh, we, we, it wouldn't <laughs> start. We know it wouldn't start, Jeff. I mean, it wouldn't even start. It couldn't get off. It would be like that plane that can't get off the ground. <laughs> it would be, it'd make Mike Glennon look like an elite uh, NFL quarterback at this point. Uh, no, no one can make Mike Glennon look like an elite <laughs> player. Now, let's be real clear here. Let's be real clear. I'm still doing a research project to try to find out who signed off on the Mike Glennon. He'll be a good backup for us in the Giants organization because that person, whoever made that statement, whosever grades reflect he's a backup player, they should look for another occupation. So, so Michael, uh, I, I, we can shade this over to, to the Giants here a little bit and just really the coaching carousel. We know we have two open already, Jacksonville and Vegas. We anticipate Chicago is going to be open as well. Uh, just w when this is all said and done next week, uh, how, many, how many of these jobs open up? And I know they said Joe Judge is safe in New York, but it has just gone so bad since they said he was safe. Well, I mean, look, you know, the Giants are stubborn. I mean, you don't have a 27% winning percentage over the last five years because you're willing to make changes. I mean, it's, just, it's a fact. I mean, the Giants, as, as I've said oftentimes on my podcast and on my show, uh, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. The Giants don't like change. They are now irrelevant. So anything they do in terms of continuity, they could make Kevin Abrams the general manager tomorrow and to keep continuity. They love continuity. It's a family-run business, Jeff, and nobody wants to fire family members. I mean, that's the cold reality of the New York football giants. So, you know, I don't see Judge getting fired. It would shock me if he did. 
But I, I could see some change. I mean, obviously, Minnesota is certainly going to be Denver. There's those two. I mean, most people in the league think those are the four. Chicago, Boomer Esiason, who's who doesn't deal in the rumor business today on his show, announced that Nagy knows. So that's three. And then you've got Minnesota at Minnesota and, and Denver. That puts it at five. And there's always one surprise. So, you know, this is a league where, you know, we're going to always see between six and seven uh, of the head coaches get turned over every single year. I mean, almost one-third of the workforce mm-hmm. in this profession gets turned over every single year. Michael Lombardi with us right now here on a numbers game. Of course, the Lombardi line with Michael and Dave Ross in the host chair as well. Uh, going to be on after this show. Michael, I, I want to ask you about the rookie quarterbacks as their rookie seasons come to an end. Of the guys who have played significant time this year, so you can put Trey Lance in if you want, but if, if not, no, no big deal here. Who do you, how would you rank them moving forward of confidence of them being actually a good NFL starting quarterback? Well, I mean, Mac Jones is already a good mm-hmm. starting NFL yes. quarterback. I mean, he's proven that. I mean, so put him aside. I think Zach Wilson over the last three weeks of the season has really improved tremendously. I thought last week he played might have his, might have played one of his best games, you know, other than that poor decision to, to, to quarterback sneak it there. Uh, but I thought his rhythm, his timing, his execution is much better. He's not an RPO quarterback, which by that I mean he doesn't hold on to the ball to wait the receiver. He's throwing guys open. So I think there's some hope there. I think Trevor Lawrence is broken. I mean, his mechanics are bad. His delivery's bad. He's been hit way too much, which happens to young quarterbacks. That's going to be a real issue. Jacksonville needs to figure out how to fix that right away. He was very disappointing in terms of, of where I think he can become as a player and where he was this year. And to me, Justin Fields, you know, it's, it's hard to evaluate him because he's an RPO guy and it's one look and run. And sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. And then Lance, to me, I think the surprising thing about Lance that I saw last week, I thought he played better in the second half, but in the, in the two fourth down plays that he had a chance to make, his athleticism and speed didn't jump off the chart to me. I mean, he had the fourth down, I don't know if you saw it, the fourth down run mm-hmm. where he got tackled for a, a two-yard loss. I mean, Josh Allen gets the first down there. You know, and then he made a bad decision to throw the ball. I, I, I don't know if you could say Lance is an elite athlete along the lines of Allen. That was a little bit surprising to me in the little bit that I've seen of Trey Lance. The, the but look, of- let's face this here. Let's, let's put this in per- perspective. There's nobody in that organization, maybe other than Adam Peters and John Lynch, that think Lance is going to be ready to play next year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback on San Francisco next year. Okay. So, uh, and of course, Garoppolo probably not going to be able to go this week as well. So, no, that's interesting, Michael, because again, obviously, that we, we know we know the history on uh, on Lance being a surprise number three overall pick in two years in this day and age. That's you can't really have that at this point with rookies sitting that long. Well, I mean, it wasn't a surprise to some. I mean, you know, everybody told me you can't take Mac Jones, the third pick overall in the draft. It's not worthwhile. It's not worthy, you know. So, you know, those people have silenced themselves. I don't. I haven't heard too much from them. You know, we've got them all out there. They're measuring the next earthquake. Michael, one, we got a minute to go here. I got one, one, one quick uh, question for you here. Uh, of, the, of the wild card teams in the AFC, uh, Chargers, New England, yeah. Uh, Indianapolis, and we'll throw Vegas in there. Who is the most likely to make a run in the AFC playoffs? I think all three of them. I, I think, I think really, when you look at this, Jeff, I think any team can win in this tournament. I don't think there's a clear-cut winner. I really don't. I don't think there's a clear-cut dominant team. I think there's 14 good teams, and whoever, and the matchups are going to make a huge difference. 
I could see the, the Indianapolis beating Kansas City in Kansas City. I could see Kansas City beating them. I could see Cincinnati, you know, losing. I, I could see New England winning, too. It, it, to me, it's really a toss-up. It's going to come down to the matchups. It really is. He's Michael Lombardi. You're going to see him uh, in about five minutes here on the Lombardi line. Of course, Gridiron Genius, the book, GM Shuffle, the podcast. Michael, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jeff. Of course, absolutely. This has been a numbers game. The Lombardi line is next here on Visa. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.